guys. Beer. Sports. Join Sean and Brad as they talk about sports and share a beer. From the east coast of Canada to the west coast of the United States. Over to you, boys. Hey, what's up, everybody? Sean and Brad here again. Uh, week... Shit, I don't know. It feels like a pandemic, so we don't even keep track of the weeks anymore. It feels like uh, episode <laughs> seven, maybe, is where we are. I think we're at episode seven, yeah. Yeah, so uh, big time today. Uh, we're excited to share our guests with you. Uh, Sean and I have been you know, plotting on this for a little bit. So, uh, Sean, busy week, but how are you, my friend? Uh, not bad. You know, it has been a busy week. I've been uh, busy trying to keep up with sports, trying to keep up with my job, and also trying to, you know... Uh, just survive day to day it seems like sometimes yeah. but uh yeah. i've been so thankful for monday and thursday night games yeah. yeah if there's ever been a reason why uh we started this whole deal i think this week was it right just the crazy oh, absolutely world we navigate life as we know it today and you know with the sports i think we need this more than ever hey uh today i'm rolling out this uh bell breaker from yakima uh you know the friends over there uh golden grit is the name of this beer uh it's an ipa so i'm gonna a much needed break for me man so first off my friends at nine lock breweries are gonna have to make an apology yesterday and last week i ended up talking about your frig off there which is an east coast ipa not a double ipa but thankfully uh the manager of uh their social media dave he was so kind in order to reach out to correct me uh and left a four pack of a double ipa here from your friendly brewers of nine lock breweries here and it is called uh the fathom double ipa now if you can tell on this it is a diver that's on there covered in a lot of green your vanity light covers up the cans i know here let me let me try that there There we go so you can see that there so this is a double ipa um, as I told you before, I am not a fan of Indian pale ales, but this double IPA, even though as hoppy as it is, it's a very smooth finish. I was wondering why I was reading about it in the back here. So basically Fathom is an epic hazy double IPA brewed for hop lovers. It has an intense hoppy aroma leading to strong orange stone fruit flavors that finish soft and dry. So it's, it's really good. And what I, what I really liked here, this is, I, I had a, I chuckled about this in the ingredients. Literally, they wrote down water, hops, malts, more hops, yeast, and even more hops. And love. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being a friend at Guys Beer Sports. We appreciate you. Sean, you need to figure out a way to send me uh, one or two of them cans. That sounds... Oh, buddy. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they are definitely on point. So Yeah. Cheers, my friend. Cheers. Dave, appreciate you again, buddy. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So, game four of the Stanley Cup playoff. Yeah. Very competitive. Um, Dallas comes out basically 2 nothing, And, of course, Tampa fights back. Goes to 4-4 into overtime. And then uh, what I was reading here. 4-4? 4 into overtime. Like, it was, it was a game. It feels uh, like it's urgent, right? Like, it feels like those guys are really bringing their game. Absolutely. And so the big controversy comes at five minutes and 10 seconds of the overtime here where Jamie Benz called for tripping Tyler Johnson at that mark. And this is the referee here, Francis Sharon. I don't know how long he's been refing, but basically he claimed that Ben kicked the skates out from Tyler Johnson. When they actually had a look at the replay, it clearly shows that that wasn't the case. But because of that, Tampa converted on the power play to win game four. So, I mean, basically what it's saying here from uh, uh, what I can see, what what uh, the quote here is, is that the ref's got a tough job. I see it in front of him. Referee Kelly Sutherland, he's got a great look at it. The refs, the back refs call it. So here's the thing. So you got your head ref and the back ref is calling it. Why in the world are you letting the back ref call something like that that obviously leads to a victory? If you are the ref right in front of you, why are you letting this back ref call this? And it, it just get, goes to say, okay, it's the same in football. Why, why, why all these refs? 
just slowing down and doing something, especially in overtime. Overtime to me, yeah. that is the time the whistle goes in the pocket. Like it goes in the pocket. Yeah. You don't decide a game through overtime. Call last two minutes of a football game, not not in the last minute and a half of a basketball game. Does the NHL not have a replay? They do have coaches' challenges, right? So I mean, they do have They're replays on goals. So here's the thing. I, I, I'm going to have to double check that there. Cause honestly, I don't believe that there is a challenge in overtime. Um, like the last two minutes of a half in the NFL were like, it's only initiated yeah. somewhere else. Is that the move? They just didn't want to initiate. That just feels, it just feels cheap. Right. It I mean, is I think cheap. like the NFL this year, uh, and not allowing pass interference challenge, those things like those challenges feel like the game, they don't interrupt the game flow. Right. In the NBA, it's atrocious. Yeah, like replay in the NBA is terrible. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It slows the game down. They need to have a clock. They've got to have a spot to get it. It's terrible. It sounds like NHL doesn't have it figured out either. Uh, it's unfortunate that they're learning that in you know really a decisive game four, a pivot of a series, right? And so, well, the Tampa's and- not learning, right? Tampa's the Tampa's the uh, favorite. Right, they're the so favorite. They won, yeah, absolutely. They won the game, but at the same time, like you're looking at a four-four game, an overtime game, you know, a wildly competitive game, and it's taken away by someone who's there to enforce the rules. But it's uh, not even the guy there. Like it's not even the guy in front of it. It's this back ref that's calling yeah. this play, and then they don't even because like, even in the NFL they'll have a little powwow about the call and what what happened yeah. there. But it's just done right, and so that 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 takes you off. Secondly, it's a back-to-back, so they're playing again tonight. So essentially. You could be looking at a new Stanley Cup champion tonight. It's hard to even believe that a month and a week ago, we were talking about the beginning of the NHL playoffs, and here we are now at the Stanley Cup Finals, about to be crowning maybe potentially a Stanley Cup champion off yeah. of such a crummy a crummy call from last night's game. Well, I guess you, we're really going to find out what Dallas is made of. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, they're going to use a rebound, and they're going to be all about it, or they're going to be they're going to fold up and die, right? Oh. Absolutely. You know that I like to gamble a little bit. I like to dabble in the gamble, you know. Uh, (laughs) I was going to bet tonight. I'm betting Dallas. You're betting Dallas? What they've shown us. They just have shown us that that's who they are, right? We know that they're tough. We know they're resilient. Yeah, they are. They are. And they're sure they wouldn't fold now. My biggest thing, though, is that, okay, so because back-to-back games, usually that goaltender the start of the game before is not going to be the goaltender starting that night. So to me, that's the only scary part I have about Dallas. Cause I mean, and same thing with Tampa. I mean, you know, but the thing is though, is that with Dallas, I've just seen Ben Bishop fold, you know, and, and Hudobin, if they're going to not play him, um, then you're really relying on Ben Bishop. Yeah. I I think they have to play him. You got to go with a hot hand in an elimination game. Like all the strategies out the window because you don't have a, a next game. There's not a next game promised, right? Not a next game. Elimination games uh, in the NBA, you'll see guys go for 40 minutes, 45 yeah. minutes. Like, you know, that normal rest period, they don't get it because there maybe won't be tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, Sorry for your trouble, Stan. Good morning. It's good to see your face. Uh, no, you don't want to be looking at his face. I'll tell you that. Oh well, it's better I think than talking on the phone. I think you know, anytime we can see each other, that seems to be. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Stan, we are so honored to have you here on this show. Um, both Brad and I are extremely excited, and uh, we got a few questions for you. And uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come on here. No, no problem. Sorry about the hassle. Uh, not, a, not a problem for us. Update Microsoft the same time we're doing it. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I know uh, earlier on this podcast here, my wife called me a luddite. I had to look up this. I, I had to look it up what it, what it meant because I had no idea. And then I realized that it explains me perfectly. Um, there you go. So it's okay, Stan. Fellow luddites are welcome here. There you go. Yeah. So Stan, we uh, man, I, I don't even know where to start here because first off, you were training me in Krav Maga, and I remember looking you up when I was sailing, uh, in in Japan, going, I'm going to be moving to Victoria soon. I want to find myself a great place to go to, and I remember looking at you, going, man, this guy's got credentials left, right, and center, but I really didn't know anything about you until I was there, and then I realized to myself. 
this guy is no joke. This is the real deal. And then looking you up on, on Black Belt Magazine, all of your credentials, all of your titles, I, I'm in awe. I'm in absolute awe that there, there's like a handful of fighters that have fought for five decades. Like you could literally count them on your one hand and you are one of these people. Yeah. And, and, and having done that, I, I do have to ask, what was the feeling every time you would go down into a fight? I was scared shitless. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, uh, this whole process, you know, everybody thinks that martial arts is about kicking and punching, but it really the big picture is that you, you find out who you are and you find out a lot about yourself. And, and as a little, as a little kid, I got bullied and, and that fear stayed with me and I didn't, you know, obviously I didn't like it because I quit hockey and joined a, a karate club because I got tired of getting beat up. And, uh, but it didn't matter how much I learned. I was always thinking, well, one day I'll, I'll, I won't have that fear, you know, and uh, it didn't matter. Actually, by the time I got blackmailed, I, I think I had more fear because now I had to live up to something that I didn't know. <laughs> it, it was it was the strangest thing. But what you find is, you know, the biggest thing I learned was to learn how to deal with fear, how to, you know, how do you control fear? If, you know, they say fear is your best friend. If you don't have fear, you know, we do foolish things. We walk off cliffs and do stupid things and, so it's in us, but you, the difference is the guy who can control fear, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's what I've been in the Krav. It doesn't matter how many techniques I could show you, punch, kick, choke holds, all that. If you don't have the mindset and to get over your fear, you're never going to get to, to those tools anyway. Mm-hmm. So I've seen a lot of black belts freeze up. Uh, when I worked the doors, I used to work the doors for about 12 years and it didn't matter how good of a black belt he was, but if your mindset wasn't there and you didn't know how to deal with your own fear, nah, it didn't work. You froze up. So the biggest, the biggest fight you're going to have is with yourself, you know, yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, when you know how to control that, then you can, then you can control everything else and control, you know, and that's, that's what I found. That's just wow. uh, but it's, uh, but even at this age, I walk in and I'm a lot calmer now, but mm-hmm. it's still there. And it's a good thing it's there because that means, you know, adrenal gland, you know, adrenaline kicks in and all that. And uh, it gives you a little more uh, juice in the tank and uh, you get going. Yeah. You know? you know, one of the questions that I had for you is I agree with you. I think learning from fear is important, right? And, you know, as a father, is what I teach my kids. It's not don't be afraid. It's learn how to be afraid, right? Yeah. Like, I think those are very important things. Um, yeah. What would you typically, like, what's your last thought as, like, right before the ref signals go? Like, are you are you just locked in at that point? Or are you aware of what's going? Because I think that it's very cerebral, right, what you do. Like, you know, yeah. you you know, at some level, I'd imagine that the bar is uh, physically relatively equal. Like you both understand you're both probably well-trained and you're, you know, your physical skills are probably similar, right? And it, it's a mental edge that gets you over the top. And I think that's why we love sports so much, right? At a high level is it's all strategic and it's, you know, it's trying to get your leverage to go. What's the last thing that you think of before uh, a match starts for you, do you think? Well, I'll tell you, before I walk in the ring is the worst part because you feel like you're a caged animal. You're sitting in this uh, change room and the guy before the fight before you hear the cheers and then they bring in this body, they, they drag this guy in, he's just being knocked out. And he, you know, all this stuff you see and you're going, Oh my God. So for me, it was the worst part was being in the change room waiting. You just yeah. feel like, but well, once I start walking out into the ring, yeah, all that goes away. And yeah. when I got in the ring, I was quite happy. Yeah, because yeah. I knew. the rush of joy, right? Because you have to, I mean, I would imagine you enjoy doing that. That's why you're doing it still, right? And so. Yeah, and then, you know, like you say, people, you know, the, sometimes the fight is won 
right at the stare at staring you know when they're staring yeah. at each other the, the the referee calls you together i've seen guys lose the fight right there yeah. i mean how many times did you see mike tyson just stare at the guy and that was it you knew you know that was it it was done eight seconds later it was gonna be over yeah right? yeah yeah like i remember yeah. you stan when uh we were training in krav maga and you were telling me never look at that guy's eyes yeah. You just you just have to track his shoulders. Just track his shoulders. You'll be able to see what's happening. Never look at his eyes. And cool. I've always kept that in the back of my head from that training because it's true. If somebody got them crazy eyes, you just don't yeah. want to be looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. I you know, if it was a the two ways I look at it is if it was a self-defense thing, I'm looking uh more at the shoulder, like I, I look, I make a triangle from their chin to their shoulders because now I can see their their ha- hands, which I want to see if there's something in them. But if if it's a stare off in the uh, ring, I'll glance at their eyes just to see <laughs> if I can make them shift their eyes. Yeah. Then I know got them. You're just it's a measuring contest at that point. Yeah, right. You're just trying to gauge yeah. who your competition is. Maybe. Yeah. So- it's a game, eh? It's a game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's a fun mm-hmm. game, I think. But, um, yeah. For, for some, some, some <laughs> people like it so much, you know? Yeah. So when you, when you reach the pinnacle, you, you reach championship level, does that change your whole entire outlook on, on what you're doing? Yeah, because I like to, I always like to be the underdog. I don't want to be the, I don't want to be the guy where they're chasing, you know, yeah. because then the, you know, the pressure's on you, right? You're, yeah. if you hold the world title, everybody's out gunning for you. Yeah. You know, when I was going up, I was thinking, you know, I'm the underdog. It wasn't as much pressure and I wanted, and once you get to the top, it's hard to keep it because I don't know. It's just, it's like, uh, you got to climb that mountain. How many times are you going to, you know, like the guys that keep winning the titles and retaining titles, like uh, say six, seven times, boys, they got a good, uh, they got a good strong mindset because you, there's a lot of work going in when you, you know, two, three months of your, you know, that all you're doing is working out and thinking about the guy. Yeah. I think that's a, almost a universal sports truth is that the defending a championship is almost harder than getting the initial yeah. one. You know, that's you're right. With so much more. You're dealing with the weight of expectations, right? That's to come back without imagine. You have the the people that are gunning for you, right? The spotlight's on you, so everyone knows that you're the target. So like that's they're training for you while you're training just to be the best version of yourself, I'd imagine. So yeah. It's interesting to me just to you know listen to people that defend titles and win titles to talk about that it's all so mental. You know, I think uh, Yeah. yeah. But, you know, to stay on top for many years that's 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 something else you know yeah oh yeah i i i just want to read some of these things here that's on your on your on your page here stan okay this is some of your titles and some of your accolades here so you were inducted into the greater victoria hall of fame back in 2014 wka world middleweight karate champion 94 to 95 Canadian representative of the World Savat Championship, 1989. WK World Junior Middleweight Champion, 1987 to 88. Canadian Super Welterweight Kickboxing Champion, 1986. 1,000 competitive uh, matches. You trained, you coached Mike McDonald, K1 Las Vegas Champion. Chris Peake, King of the Cage Champion. Adam Gabel, King of the Cage Champion. Uh, Donnie Lalonde, um, and not only that, but let's just talk about in 2006. Now, I remember you were telling me that you've been featured in Black Belt magazine three times. I knew of the two, but uh, April 2006, where you were listed as the fourth toughest, and this is behind um, Gene LaBelle, Benny the Jet Arcadas, and Jeff Thompson. So for people that are uneducated about this, Gene LaBelle is the grandfather of judo. Benny the Jet is a legend in fighting. Jeff Thompson created a whole entire way of fighting using Krav Maga and other self-defense things in England that Lee Morrison ended up really was one of his students. 
And then there's you, Stan. And it's like, this is, this is a who's who. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, it's funny because uh, as a little kid, I was always reading Black Belt magazine. So who it wasn't? Was, <laughs> it, it, yeah. And then to be in the magazines when you get older is, you know, that was really neat. It's like, yeah. I, I never, I would never thought I would ever get into Black Belt magazine. But oh. it's funny how, you know, it's funny what, what happens in life and, and if you push, you know, you put hard work in and yeah, just, it just happened. And, uh, but going back to the, um, that whole toughest man thing, I don't put a lot into that one because, you know, in 2003, Black Belt Magazine came, they came up to Victoria from LA, uh, uh, Angelo, Lito Angelus came up. He's a, uh, a writer for Black Belt Magazine. He's a, um, he taught the LA. He would teach. Uh, he was teaching self defense to the LA Police Department, uh, and that's what he was LA PD. But uh, he came up and did a story, and the story was supposed to be on Southpaws. That's all it was supposed to be. It was about uh, how Southpaws deal with uh, in in sport and if uh, in street situation. So I just. You know, I just showed them a bunch of things that I did as a doorman and how and they were almost the same as what I would do if I it was in the ring. There was changes, obviously, you know, you got rules, but and uh, and then he uh, he came, you know, I guess he liked what he saw. And then he came back up in was it 2006 or something. And uh, he. He was just picking my brain, asking me questions again, and uh, and uh, and I said, "Well, what's this magazine?" Oh, we'll just do something on self-defense and that. Well, when that magazine came out, I had no idea that it you know, like, he, and he didn't know. He did not know until the owner of the magazine said, "No, we got to, you know, spice this up, sell." They're into they're they're into selling magazines. So what they yeah. did was they took all the interviews of ten guys and said, "Well, toughest guy," and I I just shook my head. I went, "No, this is this is not what you know." Like it it caught me off guard. I don't even think any of the other guys knew. And uh, but they want to sell magazines, so that's what it came out to. And I was a little I was a little deterred, pissed off because how do you how do you match people up uh you know look at the there's how many billions of people in the world uh, uh, there's some Samoan walking around right now and say nah I don't think that guy's so tough you know so <laughs> you know 300 pounds Samoan on an island that throws rocks around and now you're going to say yeah you're tougher you know like like give me a break you know but um you know it was nice Nice that uh, we're put in there. If it was about saying, uh, oh, you know, the guy's an accomplished martial artist and he knows the street stuff, well, then that's good. But I didn't, I didn't buy into that toughest man thing. No, I, 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 was, I was a little embarrassed about it, actually. I, I personally think just to be breathed in the same sentences as Gene LaBelle and Benny and uh, Benny the Jet and uh, like that's. Yeah. That's impressive, Stan. That to me, that's amazing. Uh, I, I and you are so humble. You are so humble to be saying what you are saying. I've taken a kick from you holding pads, and uh, yeah, I I did not like it, Stan. So, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, the guys that were on that list, there was about four, four or five of them that I've had at my gym. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Is it a pretty small community? It's a small group that everyone does the, everyone kind of the reality self defense side of it is a small yeah. group, very small. And uh, so what I did was I always would find the top guys that I liked, and I'd come up. They'd come up to a seminar. Mm-hmm. So you know Benny, Benny Arquitas, uh Jeff Thompson. I I was I've talked to him. I wanted to go to England and meet him and just pick his brain. But there was Jim Harrison and uh, mm-hmm. uh, David James, um, 
a bunch of different guys that we've had at our gym and uh you know you know you can always learn it's really neat i my world's really cool because i i get i get to live uh out something that uh a lot of people wish they could do and uh i've, I've met gene labelle and uh you know, all those guys so it's it's dreams have come true for me you know yeah yeah that's yeah, quite a story I, yeah. I think it's what you want to, you know, like I said, you know, being a father, I have five kids and I want my kids to find their passion. Like it sounds like you have, right. And find a way to make it work. You know, that's what you want. I like that. You find your joy and you figure out how to track it down. And so, yeah. That's everybody. Everybody has to find what they they're good at or not what they really like to do. You gotta, mm-hmm. lo- you know, do you gotta love what you do and uh, then it's not work. Eh? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the thing, right? That's what they say. You find what you love to do, and you don't work a day in your life. That's right. My cool. my parents are asking me when I'm going to get a job. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's retiring. My my dad's asking me, "You going to get a job one day?" I go, "Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe." <laughs> think, are you still thinking about it? <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, with this COVID, maybe I might have to find a job. Well, <laughs> really changing the way of the world right it's interesting it's got to be even more so in your in your realm right uh, oh it's a tough it's a tough time right now we we're probably at a half of what we usually can take in because you know they put a guideline at 10 people in a class well i'm used to 30 people in each class right, right now and there's only so many hours in a day so people aren't uh you know, if they can't go into, they got to make an appointment to go to class and they can't get in. Well, how long are they going to stay with you? They, yeah. So it's a, you know, bars, restaurants, and gyms, they're, they're getting hit heavy. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's unfortunate. Anywhere that you, you have to be in close proximity to somebody probably is just feels like it's probably taking a hit, you know? And so it's, uh, it's, oh, it's, it's put a real, real damper on my life uh, I just got back from in March when it hit I just got back from Thailand I I've been training there for three months I was getting for a uh, sixth decade I was gonna fight one guy um, guy called me out I couldn't believe that uh, how many guys call out 60 year olds but <laughs> well, he you know, read Black Belt magazine you wanted to climb the ladder <laughs> he wanted to climb the ladder that's right <laughs> I think he got a more uh, yeah, I don't think he got a lot of uh, accolades for calling me out. <laughs> People were kind of this guy, but anyway, uh, no, I trained for three months, and we were going to fight in August. Yeah. This August just passed, and uh, everything went. You know, they had to shut everything down. So, but I got in good shape anyway, so I got something out of it. Yeah. Uh, when this whole thing passes, uh, would you get back in to go for that six? Decade? I mean, because it feels like. Yeah, you know, I, I, I've always said, it, I, if as long as my body parts are working, like yeah. you're this age, and uh, you know, you put in a good workout, and always something, your knee swells, your hand, you know, it's yeah. when you get old, it's not that your mind is still young, but your body, the, the vehicles. Yeah, it's an old truck. You just yeah. you only fix the truck so long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Takes a while to get it started, and you know you oh. don't across town sometimes. But and if, and if you don't start the truck at least a couple of times a week, it ain't gonna start. <laughs> yeah. Once so, it stops starting, it's just dead in the water, right? No more, no more getting it going. I I have to work out every day just yeah. to keep. Yeah, you know, if I miss three four days, boy, I I feel it. You yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah. I can imagine. I'm, I'm 41. I'm not old by any stretch of anyone's imagination. I live in that world too. If I'm not actively doing something, uh, you know, weights or some kind of cardio or something, I got I got real problems four or five days in, and you know, yeah. struggle even to get back up and go. You know, you're sore again for a couple of weeks and all those things. And yeah, I'm learning the downside of 40 real quick. It feels like. When I when I was forty two, I was having my second cage fight. <laughs> yeah. Oh really? Oh yeah. wow! Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. So, I, had to, I had to learn. Uh, yeah, I, I thought I'd better hurry up and do some MMA because uh, I was getting up there. So I so I I'd take a couple of fights. 
Wow. <laughs> so, so right now, um, my question to you, because we've 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 gone over a lot of this here. You've been watching the evolution of MMA um, as as all of us. I mean, all of us are that age right now that we've seen it from no rules really, except for like no biting, no scratching, no weight categories, um, to what it is now. What's your feeling right now on on MMA right now from its evolution to where it is right now? Well, they're they're amazing athletes. They, yeah, True. they're the most underpaid people, um, as as what I think anyway. There, because you got to have a you know you got to have a boxing coach, a wrestling coach, jujitsu coach, uh, kickboxing. I mean, you're doing everything right, and uh, and the work those guys put in, and their look, their careers aren't long. You know? Oh no! Oh no! You lose one or two, you know couple of fights and Dana White's throwing your, you're out, you know, it's a hard, that's a hard way to make a living. I tell you. Yeah. So, but uh, the evolution of MMA has changed everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, they, they they're amazing athletes. They really are. It's just, it, it amazes me the amount of gas you need to have to go because it's not just, striking but just the grappling and the grappling is what will tire you right out the grappling because yeah, you're right. you're carrying that weight you know or that person's on you i remember the first time you showed me shrimping and i'm like this is a horrible exercise this <laughs> 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 yeah. is shrimp with somebody on top of you yeah uh, <laughs> this is a horrible exercise i i don't know if i like it <laughs> I, I find that the hardest part people don't understand is when two guys get back up, like when they've been on the ground for a little while and then they get back up and everybody goes, well, how come they're not hitting? They don't realize that it's like you lifting weights. Your arms swell up a bit mm-hmm. and get up and your, your arms, you try to throw some punches when you've done weights. Yeah. It's, it's, it's useless. Yeah. Like, Gotta, they got to wait till the blood flow goes back. and uh, But, you know, they do. They get up and they start fighting. And when I would get up off the ground, I would go, God, how come I punch so lousy right now? I, mean, I, I couldn't believe how shitty I was punching. And, and it, what it is is your arms, just, yeah, like I say, just lift a bunch of weights and then see if you can hit a bag. You're, you're useless, yeah. you know. Yeah. That's yeah. the hard part. Yeah. That's been the fascinating thing for me, just from watching UFC from the early days. You know, now we're at, you know, over 250 events. You know, is, is learning, understanding, like, just the physical toll that those guys have. Right. I mean, it's amazing to me watch someone get punched in the face repeatedly and still continue to come back out round after round after round. Like mentally, right? We could probably argue maybe the toughest athletes running around is is you know uh, fighters. Yeah. But, Physically, man, you know, two or two rounds of that. Like, I, doesn't, I think most athletes, elite athletes, are going to be gassed out. It's just, it's a different level of exertion, and so that's what's fascinating to me about it. It's the strategy, but it's also just the will of getting your body to go while trying to deflect someone else's will, and all how those things all match up. It's it's fascinating to me. Yeah, and then knowing that when you go across the cage, somebody's actually trying to take your head right off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of that's you know for you know especially in the USC world like that's their livelihood, right? And I imagine the same for you guys. You don't want to waste what you put in the work you put in, right? That you're meeting yeah. someone that's put in work for you, and so um, sure, fascinating for me. Yeah, uh, we know that you you know coached uh, some championship level fighters, and so what I would be curious to know is is what's your maybe uh best advice you can give people that want to train to be anything like what's what makes someone the best version of themselves as they're preparing for uh to be something um never listen to anybody else don't listen don't don't listen to somebody telling you you know you got to have it in your head yeah. uh what you want to do like yeah. I feel like that's true you wouldn't want you don't want to say take all the praise from people either you want to kind of accept it you know be thankful for it but not let it live in your brain too long because i feel like that can be detrimental to you just as the negative you shouldn't be doing that you can't do that can be 
is people gassing you up saying that you're better than maybe you are. Yeah. You know, you got to listen to yourself. You got, you got to, because you're going to have the nay, you know, the naysayers and, and then you got your buddies that, Oh yeah, you're a killer. You're this, you know, you gotta, there's gotta be a fine line where you, um, you, you gotta listen to yourself and uh, you know, you, you know, your body better than anybody else. And you know, what's going on inside your head, but you gotta be, you know, again, you gotta have the right people around you too. You, you don't want, uh, you know, some of your buddies mean the best, but they, they have no idea what was going on because they, they, they're sitting on the outside. Once you step in, it's a whole different world. But um, best version I would say is uh, again, what you were saying, basically, Brad, you know, if you have that passion and drive, don't let anybody tell you, you can't do it. You know, mm-hmm. my first, uh, my first two years, I, I did, I'd taken karate and I never knew how to box. Well, then I went to a boxing gym, got my nose broken six times. And uh, I was thinking to myself, like, this is the stupidest sport I've ever done. Why would I even, you know, at, at that point I thought, I'm, I'm not going nowhere. Uh, how am I going to, you know, every time I come, I get my nose busted here. So, and I just kept learning and toughening it out and learning how to move my head. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, I could have quit right back then. When I was a young man, I was, and most people would have. They would have said, ah, oh, this is just <laughs> completely stupid. But, you know, if you have a passion, like you say, and you, and I, I, as a young kid, I already knew what I wanted. I knew I was going to have a gym. I knew, I used to draw picture. I was so bad at math. I knew it was, I sucked at math. So instead of doing my test, I, I was drawing a picture in the, teacher came by pulled my paper and looked at me and said, what the hell is this? And, you know, it was some guy with a, a belt on with a, his hands up with boxing gloves on. And I says, well, I'm going to be a kickboxer. And the guy said, what's a kick? You know, like the teacher had no idea what a kickboxer, this was in the seventies, you know? And I said, well, you'll see what it is one day, you know? And, uh, you know, but that's, that's what I mean. I already knew what I wanted to be when I was, 15, 14 years old. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. So, true. Yeah. yeah. It's important. I think, you know, you're really an inspiration. I think for the people that you run across, I'm inspired talking to you. I, you know, I want to take what you've taught me or just what I've learned from you in the, this, the 30 minutes we've been talking and share it with my kids and yeah, you know, no, I, those things up. Right. Is that's what you want. I, that's what I want for you know people is to be the best versions of themselves. However that is, you know, and, yeah. you know I'm grateful I, to talk about it. I've got two sons and I never, ever pushed them into fighting or anything. I, I told them be good to learn self-defense. I think it's like swimming lessons, right. you know, to learn to swim. We're surrounded yeah. by like, you might need to know how to do it one day, right? Like that's the thing you should be. You have, yeah. You don't have to be a gold medalist as long as you can tread water to get out of there. You know, <laughs> the same, same thing with a fight. Just know a couple of, you know, a couple of things to get out of there. Yeah. You don't have you don't have to be a black belt, just enough, you know, just to get get home. That's yeah. how I look. Yeah. That's how I look at self defense. I look at it just like swimming lessons. Well, Stan, I remember when you were when you were instructing me. I mean, some of the greatest things I've ever learned was actually with you. Um, just some historical stuff about fighting, like how people in World War II would never bite, and. Yeah. You would think, you know, you're in a trench, you're in something like that. You, you, you'd bite, you know, do whatever you can to get out of there. And yeah. uh, just, I, I mean, being able to learn from somebody like you has helped me so much just in my own personal path. Um, because your, your, your whole entire outlook on everything changes. Your, your um, self-awareness uh, changes. You, you're more aware of your surroundings and on top of that, you're also very confident that, listen, situations can arise. I'm, I'm pretty, I, I know I'm going to do everything I can to get home. And yeah. that's not, that's not even just saying always in a violent manner. I'm just saying that you're yeah. so aware. And, and that's the one thing I really appreciated from your courses was that you're just so yeah. aware, aware of your surroundings, aware of what's happening, aware that you need to get out of this situation or embrace the situation and stan i mean i i've i've uh 
all I can say is like, thank you. <laughs> That's all I can say for all of that. You know, you know how, uh, you know, people, like I said earlier, people freeze up and stuff like that. And I think a lot of it is, you know, we, when we have kids, for example, like kids in say elementary school, there's a, a fire alarm goes off, right? They train for that. You know, they know where the exit is. They line up and uh, they know what to do. Well, there's a game plan. They have a game plan. And when that fire does hit, no matter how scared the kids are going to be, they're going to line up. They're going to go for that exit. And that's the difference. That's they survive. If you have a game plan, that's what keeps you. Yes, you're scared. We're scared. When the assault comes, two guys step up on you. You're scared. There's no way you're not scared. Everybody's, I'm telling everybody, you know, don't wait. Don't think that you wearing a black belt's going to not be, you're, you're scared, you know, and, but it's how you handle that fear. Yeah. And if you've got a game plan, that's half of it. That's that, uh, more, more than half of it. I would say you got to have a, so when it comes to these uh, scenarios or martial arts type things, I have self-defense. I say to people, do you know what you're going to do? Do you have a plan? When you, when you travel, you and the wife traveled and, and, and you guys have a, some kind of code or, a, you know, what to say if, you know, when the shit hits the fan, you better know what to do. And if you don't, guess what? You're going to freeze up mm. and you, you know, you, what are you going to run and leave the wife there? Or what? I don't know. You know, you better have a plan because she's going to be pissed off. <laughs> you got to have a plan. Yeah, it's yeah. always interesting, right? And there's that famous uh, advice that everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah. I don't disagree with that, but I also think that you could, I think it's different. You can think about what you want to know, but if you're prepared, if you planned, if you prepared your plan, right? If you have a plan and you're prepared to execute it, I think being hit in the face, so to speak, isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world. Well, there, right, right there, Brad, my plan is to punch you in the face before they yeah. punch me. Yeah. That's, I tell people that all the time. Don't don't be on the defensive. If you're if you're defending, you're losing. Yeah, right. All I got to do is know your intentions, and he'll he'll make his intentions pretty clear. Yeah. And if you yeah. can't, if you got nowhere to go, you better start. You better start doing it. Yeah. You know, and, a way to go, right? That's kind of that's kind of how I always feel about uh, those things. I find I don't really find myself in uh, difficult situations because I feel like I can navigate situations relatively well. So, that's that's yeah. smart yeah. you know so that it, it always came down to the awareness right yep. yeah you just you trust that gut you know what i mean that guy will tell you like that, yeah. that gut feels those things out for you in my experience right yeah uh, there's people you can't yep you know that? there's actually people that don't see things coming they don't pick up signs and and then the animal world same thing right they're the yeah. ones who get eaten Yep. Guess what? We're the same thing. We're just an animal. That, and uh, I've had that where I've te- tried to teach people. Yeah, I don't care. I can give you all the tools in the world, but if you don't know when to use them, it, it's yeah. just too late, you know? Yeah. yeah. yeah we're all interesting uh, on some level, like how it all breaks apart differently for people and yeah, able to do or, you know, just genetically slowed down for or whatever, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a key. I think, you know, I talk a lot about fatherhood just when I talk to people in general, but my kids are relatively little. My oldest is 16 all the way down to four, you know, but their entire lives as we go out, it's always, you know, we're always having conversations as we're moving. Hey, do you see this? Like, you know, I want you to watch for those things and it's cars and it's people and it's just, but it's all of it's me trying to build their awareness of, just paying attention to not being afraid of surroundings. I don't want jumpy. I don't want to raise jumpy humans. Cause I feel like no. that's the, thing that, you know, gets you where you need to be, but. Yeah. You, uh, you know, if I tell people all the time we live, well, we live in Victoria, which is to me, you know, one of the safer places to be if I got to live somewhere. I'm, but you travel, I feel like traveling. And I tell, I, I go to schools and do seminars at like, Oak Bay school or something like that. And the kids, the kids sometimes go, well, why do we got to learn this? And I go, you like traveling. Yeah. I says, well, guess what? You might, you might find it's not like Victoria. 
Yeah. You're gonna, mm-hmm. you know, well, it's there. all in the confidence, right? It's the way you carry yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's one of those things, you know, I find it, uh, people that I know that, that feel similarly is how you carry yourself. You know, you can be in, in Vegas and there's those card flippers, right? I don't remember in Vegas, but those people, you can make eye contact with them, but if you carry yourself a certain way, then I can come talk to you. It's the That's same right. When I walk downtown in, in streets and when I go to Mexico, it's the same way. If you carry yourself a certain way, typically, right, I feel like, um, you know, you don't run into as many situations as you would if you're timid. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I tell people, don't, you know, you don't have to be paranoid. You just got to, you just got to be, again, have a game plan. Know, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to stay at a hotel, know, know everything around that location. Ask the, ask the guy at the lobby, what, what areas would you stay away from? You know, things like that. You can find out a lot, but I like, I love traveling and, uh, I've been some places where, yeah, it's a lot different from Victoria. You, you got yeah. to watch yourself, you know. Yeah. Brazil I, Brazil would be a tough place, I think, to navigate around there, especially the favelas there. It's like, yeah. yeah. We've been out in Mexico six, seven times, and uh, there's areas of Mexico right now that yep. aren't what they used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like to have a good time, and sometimes I find myself in different places uh, that I didn't intend to be. Yeah. when i sit out that night and it's always that thing is you're always kind of paying attention to the surroundings and you know yeah it is what it is but yeah if you want to find trouble you can find it oh yeah you know? always yeah you i know well you guys you know you go to bangkok i mean i was in bangkok never had a problem i've been there so many times and i know other guys they had nothing but problems yeah. you know so all depends on what you're doing yeah. you know Hey, Stan, I want to get this out there. So listen, anybody that wants to go out there and learn some world-class instruction, check out Pederick's Martial Arts there, uh, 831 Fisgard Street, Victoria, British Columbia. Do you mind if I give your phone number there for business there too, Stan? Go ahead. Uh, 250-389-6166. Let me tell you something. You will not go wrong. This man is a legend, but not only that. A wise man, a, a man that you will learn so much from. And Stan, I, I thank you so much. Thank you so much from the bottom of my oh, heart. Thanks for having me. It's always nice. When are you going to come out to Victoria? Oh, buddy, I got to wait for this COVID stuff here right now. So the military has got me right now in a lockdown. So, you know, uh, the Atlantic bubble, it's crazy yeah. time. So I'm waiting right now for the vaccine. I, get, I can't even lie, you know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, but I want to come out there because I miss I miss everybody over there. So, <laughs> Brad's out in your t- area there, down in. Uh, <laughs> you know, this whole thing is up, Stan. I'm gonna take the ferry up there. I'm gonna come walking you and Jim and shake your hand. I, I think. Uh, uh, nice. I'd like to see you in person. So, I'll see it you. Soon. It was nice talking to you. Yeah, you Absolutely. Too. Hey, what do you think about your Canucks there? I know that they ent- they exited a little early, but uh, pretty good showing, I thought. Yeah, um, I was. They, they're one of the hardest working teams. They got a great coach. They all buy in. They all bought into the system. So, they I think they can go somewhere. But they got to get some bigger guys in the back end to look after the the little guys. They they were going to get crushed. They, even if they got past uh, Vegas, I don't think there was anything left of them. <laughs> I was I was impressed with them to bring Vegas to seven games. That's uh, no small feat. So yeah. But they got to get a little bigger, eh? They're just, oh, just, yeah. you know, not big enough. So not Brad, <laughs> Brad's been comparing that uh, if there's a lot of hair product in these uh, NHLers in their hair, that they're probably not as tough because the Leafs seems to have the most hair products that I've ever oh. seen in a team. But uh, Vancouver, I'd say probably not as much hair product. They look pretty tough out there. So yeah. I thought well, so. If that's true, they're going to have to shave everybody's heads because get 50 years, I haven't got a Stanley Cup, so let's get it going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can yeah. get one of my haircuts. <laughs> See, that? there you go, Matt. There you go. Look at that. No hair products. Tough. Right. Yeah. That works. You know what? You know how this happened? This is from watching the Canucks. You pull your hair. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. That, you know, I'll tell you, I'm torn. I've been a Canucks fan my whole life. I live, you know, just an hour south of the border. And so I tell Sean all the time I'm Canadian light. Um, 
you know, but now I can tell my allegiance because we get a team in Seattle and I just, I can't roll over. I can't, I can't quite quit Vancouver. So that's yeah. my loyalty sits. So we'll see, we'll see how the rest of it goes. But You, you, you love suffering like the rest of us, do you? Well, yeah. Well, that's, that's the way, right? That's all we know how to do is suffer. Yeah. <laughs> suffer in paradise. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's so funny, right? Cause yeah, you're a Canucks fan. You're a Canucks fan, really, for hockey in Seattle. Yeah. But Seattle at least had a championship there. And I'm a Leafs fan. I mean, oh, oh. Where, well, where do we where do we start with that? And mess? a Cleveland fan. And a Browns fan, too. That's right, yeah. Where do you start with that mess? Uh, My father was a Leafs fan, still is a Leafs fan. And uh, he always tells me, at least he got to see him win a Stanley Cup. He says, you, you might never get to see him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might be right. I know, yeah, I know. We had our shot a couple of years ago, it felt like, right? We just yeah. Just oh, I know. So we had to, had to burn down half the city because of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've never seen anything quite like it. It's like, no. yeah, you guys we were up there down. for that. Speaking of intuition, me and my brother were there, and, like, we saw that coming, and we just were headed home. We just thought <laughs> not, not the place for us. Uh, I, was, I was in Thailand, and – the ties it was on the news and the ties were saying what what is wrong with you people <laughs> you guys you guys are that crazy you know burning everything down just because of a hockey game it's really hard to explain that one i go yeah i guess so yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the yeah. mentality right it's just a bunch of ties right <laughs> yeah. Yeah. oh my hey stan we'll uh Best of luck with all your work today. I know you got some classes to get to and those things, so we appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks again. Uh, oh. Thanks for thanks for having me. And uh, Sean, I'm hoping to see you one day, and or maybe even pop out that way. You know, hey, so. if you pop out this way, my home is always open to you. Absolutely not a problem. So, but uh, I'm hoping the sooner rather than later, I'll be able to come out to Victoria, and we will definitely get together, and we'll. Okay. we'll We'll share a real beer. I know you have to go and do some training right there, but we'll but share. I, could, I couldn't go in and smell like beer for a while. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks again. Yep. Thanks. Absolutely. Have a great day, Stan. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. What a, what a legend. What a absolute that was, legend. That was a lot of fun. A lot of good insight too, right? I mean, that's just the thing. You know, you talk to a guy that uh, knows what it's like to get mixed up in some things and, you know, uh, life's, you know, in those moments, right, where you're actively participating in a, in a fight with someone else, like, you know, that's, you understand a lot about yourself. I appreciate a lot of what he had to say. So that was good. That was good. But Stan, again, thank you. Cheers to you, my friend. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay, well, that was it, man. Episode seven, right? Maybe one of the best in the books. You know, I'm a uh, fan oh. of sevens. Man, you know? yeah, game sevens, game episode seven. seven. Um, yeah. I, you know, I just, I just wanted to touch over. So we were talking about the hockey there. We, yeah. we already talked about it. What is Boston doing right now? I don't even understand. They're making this into a series, aren't they? Yeah, making this into a series. Yeah, it's interesting, and I will wonder about what happens tonight uh, with the Lakers, right? I mean, I don't know how comfortable anybody feels knowing Denver's track record in 2020 uh, in the bubble being down 3-1. Uh, I think the Lakers need to close out tonight. Oh, yeah, and I wonder absolutely. how we see the urgency come back for Miami uh, to close out so they get to the finals because nobody wants to get any extra wear and tear before they go face LeBron and those fellas. So, yeah. Uh, Anthony Davis being out in game five, uh, sounds like, um, I wouldn't bet on that. I bet he plays, uh, at least in some capacity. Mm. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting to watch Boston. You know, I, I read the article this morning saying that they felt like they relaxed and were able to turn it on in the second half and get over on Miami. Um, I, I don't doubt that and disagree. I also, you know, there's been some, uh, just like we saw in the NHL last night, there's some questionable NBA, refing going on too in the playoffs mm -hmm. i felt like there was that way uh in the last lakers game i felt like it was that way last night in boston uh, uh, i'm generally conspiracy theorist. So i don't feel like there was conspiracy to find here but you know it's interesting for uh for those things it looks like oh, no. uh you know 
and good news for you, your Jays are back in the postseason. Back in the postseason, baby. Yeah, back in the postseason. I mean, okay, let's just pump the brakes here, okay? So shortened season, thank goodness. Yeah. I don't know, because last weekend, I remember. Or last weekend, like that feels like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like last season, well, no, I'm sorry. Last week, we were getting punished by the Yankees, right? Like they were just. Home run, home run. It was just disgusting. Let's face it. I mean, yeah, okay. I'm very happy that we made the postseason. 16 teams, right? So eight per side. And as it stands right now, unless we gain a game, I believe, on the Yankees, we're going to have to play Tampa. And Tampa's been pretty hot. So, I mean. Well, it's because they had those fevers early. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and and the other thing too is kind of anticlimactic because we're not even playing in Toronto. It's in Buffalo, yeah. and not to say that I'm not feeling it because I'm definitely going to watch some postseason baseball, especially since yeah. we're in it. But uh, it is interesting that uh, you know it's a, it's a different playoff format, so it's no longer just the wild card and and everything there. So a little bit different than it has been in uh, at least over two decades, right? So. Um, it's almost three decades, if I'm not mistaken, since they put the wild card in first. Uh, so now with this top 16, we're the kind of following that uh, football, uh, that football analogy there. And I really don't know how the games. I, I got to be honest, I don't know how it works. Is it one game? Is it a three game series? Like I, yeah, I, I haven't heard how it's going to work it either. It's interesting. You know, there was some conversation about the bubble, and frankly, I just didn't follow it. Uh, just one second. Hey, yeah, I'll be there just one minute. Okay. Stasis. It's uh, the wonder child of Kobe Jojo, the four-year-old who doesn't care about much. Uh, you know, I think they talk about having a bubble in the playoffs and those things. And so I'm interested to see how that shakes together too. So see, that's a, that's not a bad idea. Cause then you can kind of support that they're going in and, and elongate the baseball uh, season, maybe a little bit. Um. I, I I really don't know. I'm gonna to have to have a it's look like at a how. Right? I mean, it gives everyone a chance because, like we've talked about with everyone else, it takes the travel out and takes everyone's on a level playing field, oh, yeah. a home yeah. cooking standpoint. Those things, like, and I you're guaranteed to crown a champion. You're guaranteed yeah. to crown a champion if you go That's into a the, bubble. You can so. control. You can control the bubble, right? And Major League yeah. Baseball has been the one pro sport that hasn't really been able to control uh, their environment as much. And so I, I don't even understand that because right, right now, so far, I mean, I know that. Uh, how much did they fine Pete Carroll there for? Uh, thousand, I think. But I yeah. mean, they like two million dollars in fines. I mean, they're trying to be like they they want this thing to go off, and you know, traveling once a week, I think, is uh, vastly different than traveling a couple times a week. Or oh no, absolutely, yeah. So I think you know uh, the NBA model is probably what baseball wants to follow because it's the most similar. Yeah, you know, yeah. Series, right? So. I mean, I I don't disagree with the finding because you do want the NFL season to go off. We're only into week three right now. Hey, wow, Thursday night game, uh, yeah. Miami, the battle of the facial hair. Yeah. Uh, Miami, wow, uh, Fitzpatrick pulled that one off, didn't he? He looked great. Yeah, but that's Fitzpatrick, right? He puts together five games in a row that are beautiful, and then, you know. Yeah, yeah. He oh, he was a bill. I do know. So, <laughs> well, he's played for everybody. I think you know. As, as a matter of fact, I was hearing a little tidbit there. I think he is um, the only player to play for multiple teams and defeat one team like sixteen times, which is Jacksonville. He's played for so many different teams and defeated them every time he's played for that. Yeah, yeah, isn't that crazy? I think he's might be he might be the only quarterback to ever defeat all thirty-two teams. That's crazy. That's crazy. Wow. You know, and, and, and the thing is, is that, you know, to me, like, I think we were talking about that. He's like your everyday kind of quarterback, you know, like everybody can relate to this guy. Um, and, and people are calling for two already. And it's like, man, this well, guy is graphic, right? Like you have, yeah. a do we have a new car? You want to drive a new car? I hear that. But the thing is, I mean, look at Casey. I think they did it right by letting, uh, letting uh, Mahomes sit down for a season behind uh, Alex Smith and let him just figure it out from there, you know? Um, yeah, I, yeah, you make the case to do it. I think even Lamar Jackson for the time he sat uh, was beneficial for him, right? And so, you know, there's something to be said for that. Not everyone's Russell Wilson can jump in as a rookie and just go, right? But No, no, 
absolutely not. And and what man, he has so much pressure on him, Russell Wilson. Um, I respect that. I respect him as a quarterback. I respect him as a human being. Respect him as a player. Great athlete. Um, to me, uh, he's just he's just one of those people that you're you're you want to really like because he's he's that guy that wasn't supposed to go anywhere. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And we were talking about that yesterday when I was in the barbershop. Uh, you know how the difference between Pat Mahomes and Russell Wilson is, you know. Uh, Russell is the better player, um, but Pat gets so much more love, and we think it's because he's three inches taller. But yeah, <laughs> that's that's really what, I mean what it is when you compare him and you compare early years. And maybe it's you know some of it's playing in Seattle, some of it's playing in a different era, uh, so to speak. You know, I mean, eight years ago when he came out, but he was really like people forget he set the league on fire when he came out. I mean, he was. He's been the guy since he came out. This isn't a gradual ascension to greatness. Like he's been a difference maker from the jump, right? And so, um, you know, yeah, he's he's been the guy. In, in any other category, Russell's one of those weird players where you feel like, you know, what Belichick said about him being underrated is is probably true, and like he'll be more appreciated when he's you know not playing anymore than mm-hmm. uh, while he's playing. Just the things he's able to accomplish like huh. I, if somebody throws a better deep ball i just i dare you i'll wait for you just you know let me know i got Man, all day let me let me let me tell you this story about stan okay so literally i had a whole pads um because he wanted to show so like you know if he's showing a new move to the rest of the school right he'll pick one of us as you know his little crash test dummy so he picked me this time and man i never felt a knee like that and let me tell you something, Stan. Okay, I'm I'm six one, right? Stan comes up to like my chin. Okay, not a very tall man, but that man packs a wallop. I'm telling you, I never felt man. I never felt anything quite like that. And I was just like, what in the good green God's good green earth have I? He just hit me. <laughs> it was yeah. like holy crap. <laughs> and probably not uh full speed and through pass. No. <laughs> he probably hit yeah like a like a, a relatively good pace, right? I mean, he was trying to set the tone, but exactly he, it. He but it wasn't as full. It wasn't as full. I mean, I would never want to feel as full. I'll I'll tell you that right now. Yes. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I was just I was definitely like, wow. <laughs> Man. Um just just impressive i i i'm so happy that he came on i'm so happy he said yes and uh yeah man uh israel adesanya paulo costa happening tonight yeah yeah it looks uh, like a little bit of bad blood at the at the pre at the way in there so that i'm yep. like up a little bit and you know potentially fight of the year uh oh, yeah. happens tonight with those two so it'll be interesting to watch uh watching dominic reyes too i think that's going to be uh something else to watch uh, from a fireworks perspective. So stand by those fellas. All right. So tonight is what? Your boy Diego Sanchez is fighting too. I don't don't know. I know. I know. (laughs) And tonight is what? Game five there, Lakers and Nuggets, right? That's tonight. Yeah. We got the Stanley Cup playoff tonight that we could be potentially crowning a new champion. Tomorrow, um, a bunch of great matchups. Yeah, yeah, this is great. Weekend. Hey, Pac 12s coming back, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, that's unbelievable. Yeah, uh, you know, just deeper today. There's a bunch of good games kicking off here soon. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, best time of the year. Right absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, and 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 the thing is that Nick, you know, pretty soon, like hockey's going to be over, basketball's going to be over. We just have football. We got a little bit of baseball postseason, yeah. but then hockey and basketball are going to be back around January. Looks like, yeah. yeah, right back around, right back around. Just when the Super Bowl is about to be going. I mean, it's perfect. Yeah. This is perfection. This is perfection. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, folks, if you want a silver lining, here it is. That's perfection. Hey, I had one. Got one more thing. I do. I do. Okay. So, all right. So we didn't do our one-on-one. I know we're being a little pressed here. So I'm going to give you this one-on-one question there. And uh, let's see how well you do. Okay? That's good. Who would you say, which city, which city has the most championships in all four major North American sports? 
I mean, I feel like it's Boston, but I think it's a setup. I thought it was Boston too. Let me think. It's uh, it's got to be on the East Coast, right? Mm-hmm. Is it Philly? Nope, not Philly. I can't keep guessing. That feels like it's cheap. <laughs> Man. So it's not it's not Philly. I'll tell you that right now. Okay. You're 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 gonna kick yourself when I tell you this, okay? Yeah. It is New York. New York. Yeah, of course, with the Yankees in their twenty seven, right? Or That's many. right. Yankees, don't forget about Brooklyn. Yeah, don't forget about Brooklyn. Don't forget about the NBA. No. Don't forget about their Stanley Cup championships because they're also including, yeah, NBA with the Knicks. Hey, listen, listen. <laughs> so altogether, they have 59, 59 yeah. championships. Well, yeah. And now, I would argue that 50 of those have not happened in our lifetime. So. <laughs> now, uh, Boston. Congratulations. You like a bunch of Dallas Cowboy fans. <laughs> Boston is number Number two. Yeah. Boston's number two with 44. That is That makes sense because Boston is such like the little brother town. <laughs> you know, like they would call themselves, you know, the city of champions or whatever they call themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're not, right? They're the little <laughs> brother. And so but they, they, they kind of are, but they're not. Because don't forget that uh, New York is also including uh, New Jersey as well into their uh, yeah. fold, right? New Jersey hasn't done anything. Uh, <laughs> well, they have, they do, they do point. have. They have a few Stanley Cups. <laughs> yeah, but that's not the turning point. They're not winning by three. They're winning. No, by no. Three, so. <laughs> Very true. Like added that in. So number three is the second city, Chicago. Yeah. With thirty-one, can you guess yeah. who number four is? And it's strictly it's strictly hockey. All Detroit. their championships come from Detroit. hockey. No, not even. Oh, close. I guess Detroit had the Pistons. No, yeah. yeah, not even close. Not no. even close. Montreal. Wow, there you go, buddy. 26, all from hockey. All in 1930. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, Toronto is way down number 10. Well, so we're, we're at least in the top 10. I'll, get, I'll take it. I'll take it. We're in the top 10. I'll take it, man. <laughs> Okay, well, on that note, I'll just go sit in my loserhood of the Pacific Northwest, not ever winning. Uh, find us on all things social media, guys, beer, sports. Download us on all places, podcasts. Uh, we appreciate your support. You guys have been amazing, so thank you for that. Sean and I get a blast out doing this, and it's at a level that uh, it seems like you guys do too. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Absolutely. Hey, have a great week, and enjoy Stanley Cup, NBA, and some fighting. All the things. Okay, talk soon. Talk soon. You've listened to the podcast, but now it's time to visit us in our virtual sports bar. Like us on Facebook at Guys Beer Sports Podcast. Follow us on Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel at guys.beer.sports. When you do this, watch for live conversations with Brad and Sean that happen throughout the week where you can join in with your favorite local beer. You can share your thoughts in the conversation comments with your own uploaded videos or as a guest live commentator. The GBS Virtual Sports Bar is open for business. Come on in, boys and girls.